Good morning. Welcome to Altoona Regular Baptist Church YouTube page. And this morning we're joining together wherever you may be and we'll be in Joshua 23. Joshua 23. I know it's a little bit odd gathering together in this way. Believe me, it's odd for me as well. It's odd talking to just the camera. This morning we praise the Lord for technology, the opportunity to gather together, the opportunity to continue to worship, to continue to look to God's Word together, even, even in the midst of a quarantine like this. Be in Joshua 23. It's Sunday, March 22nd. This is Altoona Regular Baptist Church. This is our morning service. Sunday, March 22nd, morning service. If you do not have a Bible with you, I would encourage you to get up and to go and get one. Follow along, even though you're at home. Even there, it matters not what I say, it matters what God has said in His Word. So I'd encourage you, get up, go, find a copy of God's Word, sit down, have it open on your lap. Maybe even have some notes, and follow along as we look to Joshua 23. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for technology, the opportunity to gather together, the opportunity to worship. We thank you for your word. That we don't have to be together in order for it to be powerful, for your word is simply powerful. It is still active. It is still accomplishing your purposes. You can still work through your word to, to transform us into your image. To challenge us, to change us for your glory. And we pray that you would do that. That this morning, as wherever we find ourselves, as we sit with the Word of God open, as we hear it proclaimed, that your Spirit would work in each and every one of us for your glory. That you would give me boldness to proclaim your Word in truth, with authority, and with clarity. And we pray that you would guide us this morning. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone has, has sat you down, maybe with a grandparent or someone else that you've looked up to, someone, someone who has a lot of life experience, and you sit down with them, and they go through and give you stories. They look back and they tell you what God has done in their life. They tell you those stories of, of those old times. So we come to Joshua 23 this morning, that's what we find with Joshua. He's come to the end of his life. He's an old man. He's facing death. And in Joshua 23, he sits down with the leaders of Israel. And he testifies to what God has done. And then he encourages them, going forward. We've seen that God is faithful in the past. Going forward, continue to lean on the faithfulness of this God. Let's read Joshua 23 together. Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and said unto them, I am old, advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. The Lord your God is he who has fought for you. See, I've divided to you by lot these nations that remain, 
to be an inheritance for your tribes. From the Jordan, with all the nations that I have cut off, as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you, and drive them out of your sight. You shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from the right or to the left, and lest you go among these nations, these who remain among you. You shall not make mention of the name of their God, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them. But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God. Is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God, or else indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go into them, and they to you. Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you, and scourges on your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Therefore it shall come to pass, that as all the good things have come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord your God, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things, until he has destroyed you from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he has given you. As you work your way through this passage, Joshua 23, there's a pattern that we see. And that pattern is that God's faithfulness motivates faithfulness in his people. In fact, first, in the first seven verses, we'll see God's faithfulness motivates obedience. God's faithfulness motivates obedience. Then in verses 9 in verses 8 to 13, we'll see that God's faithfulness motivates love. And finally, in verses 14 to 16, we'll see that God's faithfulness motivates faithfulness. I pray that as we work our way through this chap this chapter this morning, that you will be encouraged by the Word of God. The first point that we see in Joshua 1 through 7 is God's faithfulness motivates obedience. Right as you start off in verse 20 in chapter 23, verse 1, there's something that becomes very clear, and that is that a lot of time has passed. It came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel. In fact, the verse goes on. Joshua was old, advanced in age. 
It's been approximately 25 to 30 years since the conquest of the land has, has finished. Joshua at this time is about 110 years old. And he's come to the end of his life. And so he calls together the, the leaders of Israel, as we see in verse 2. He calls them together and he sits down with them and he gives them this charge. This is his final charge as he's looking back on his life, his final charge to these leaders. He looks back at the faithfulness of God and in light of this, he calls the leaders to remember God's faithfulness as they go forward, to lead the people to remember God's faithfulness and to be faithful in response. So in verses 1 to 3, he calls them to see God's faithfulness, remember it, see what God has done. In fact, in verse 3, he says, you've seen. You have seen this. You have experienced it. You've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. You came into the land with me. We came together. We've seen these things together. As the Jordan parted, as the walls fell, as army after army retreated and was destroyed in front of us, as we took city after city, you have seen that. You've seen that. You know that, that, that what God has done for us. For the Lord your God is He who has fought for you. And Joshua's 110 years, he has seen this time and time again. In fact, the faithfulness of God is one of the themes of Joshua. Time and time again, it is repeated. I know this for a fact because I have to help pick songs for the services. And you don't know how, how difficult it's been as we've been working our way through Joshua not to sing the same songs over and over and over again of God's faithfulness. It just, it comes up chapter after chapter. And here in chapter 23, Joshua is calling his people to remember that. I have seen it, I have experienced it, and you have seen it as well. You've seen it, you've experienced it, you know. As we come to verses 4 to 7, Joshua reminds them of the promise that God has given them. See, I, I've divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I've cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. You've seen God get you to this point. You've seen Him deliver the land that He promised into your hands. As armies have fallen before you, armies that were greater than you, God gave them to you. Will He now? Will He now, after giving you all this, will He fail you now? Will He fail to, to, to drive them out as He promised? No. He will not. See, the question here is not, has God been faithful? Is God faithful? The question is, are we going to continue to be faithful? 
The question that Joshua is calling his leaders to consider here is simply this. Will you lead the people as I have led them? Will you continue to, to push them to trust in their faithful God? And so we see in verse 6, God will do as He promised, therefore, therefore, based on who God is, based on the promises that, that God has given, therefore be very courageous. Be courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. Therefore, be courageous to obey. Because God is faithful, you can boldly obey. God's faithfulness motivates obedience. You may ask, how, how is it courageous to obey? How is that an act of courage? It's an act of courage because it takes boldness, it takes courage to, to trust someone enough to obey them. When you obey someone, what you're saying is, I trust that this is right. I trust that this is the next right step to take, that you know what you're doing, and so I will follow, I will obey. Joshua's calling them to trust the Lord. Trust His faithfulness. Obey Him. Believe that He has your best in mind. Verse 7, then we see the consequence of disobedience, of unfaithfulness. Unless you go among these nations, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their God, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them. God will drive them out. Because He is faithful. But if you are unfaithful, if you do not obey God and, and pursuing that and pushing them out, there will be consequences. They will come in among you. You will worship their gods. You will swear by them. Do not do that. Obey the Lord your God, for He is faithful. God's faithfulness motivates obedience. God's faithfulness motivates obedience. Point two, God's faithfulness motivates love. Look with me at verse 8. But... You shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. As you have done to this day. As you have done under my leadership, under my guidance. As the Lord has led me and I have led you and we have been faithful. So you as a leader shall continue in this way. You shall continue to obey. You shall continue to hold fast to the Lord. Here again in verses 8 to 10, we see once again Joshua reminding the people of the faithfulness of God. In fact, that's a pattern that we see throughout Joshua 23 time and time again. 
Joshua reminds them of God's faithfulness, and then he calls them to continued faithfulness going forward. We see that here once again, verse 9, For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. As for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised. You've seen that. As great armies with, with chariots and horses have fallen before you. Because the Lord is on your side. Because He is great. And you have seen the Lord do this time and time again. And, and note there the, the, the look to His faithfulness as He promised. He promised that He would do this. And He did it. For He's a faithful God. Remember His faithfulness. Remember what He has done. Remember those armies that He has destroyed and driven out before you. Verses 11 to 13, Joshua then, based on that remembrance, once again calls them to be faithful going forward. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Because of who He is, because of what He has done, He has proven His faithfulness to you. Therefore, be careful to obey Him, to love Him. Take careful heed. This is not something that you can just assume will happen automatically. You must take careful heed. You must take specific steps to make sure that you continue to love the Lord your God. That you continue to, to, to cling to Him. Above all else, love Him. Verse 11. Verse 12, in contrast, love the Lord your God. Verse 11, verse 12, do not love the people of the land. Or else, unless... If indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, if you cling to the, to the people who are left in the land rather than clinging to God, these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go into them and they to you. Don't love them. Love God. If you don't obey, if you choose them over God, then there's a consequence to that. There's a consequence to that unfaithfulness. There's a, there's a consequence to that idolatry of loving them more than you love God. And we see the consequence of that in verse 13. Know for certain. It's guaranteed. This is, this is sure. Know for certain. If you do that, if you choose the people of this land over the Lord your God, that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. But you shall be snared, but they shall be snares and traps to you, and scourges on your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. If you choose them over God, there's a consequence. They will be painful, they will become a snare, they will become thorns in your side. They will cause you pain, they will cause you heartache. And you will perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. 
you will lose the good thing that your good God has given you. God's faithfulness motivates obedience. Secondly here, God's faithfulness motivates love. Because God is faithful, we must faithfully love Him. We must follow Him. We must obey Him. We must cling to Him. Faithfully love your God. Now we come to point three. Verses 14 to 16. God's faithfulness motivates faithfulness. God's faithfulness motivates faithfulness. Once again in verse 14, Joshua calls the people to remember the faithfulness of God. Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. Joshua's saying there is, is the end of my life has come. The end of my, of my ministry, of my time of leadership here. I'm leaving. My body is breaking down. The end of my life has come. I'm going the way of all the earth. But remember this. You know in all of your hearts and in all of your souls, you know deep down. This isn't something I have to tell you. This is something that you have seen. And if you're honest with yourself, you know this. You know in your hearts and in your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. God has been faithful. Look at the many promises He has given us and look at how He has answered each and every one of them. You've seen it. I've seen it. You're benefiting from it now. God has been faithful. Once again, Joshua follows the pattern as in verses 16, 15 to 16, he moves from reminding them once again of God's faithfulness to, therefore, be faithful. Therefore, go forward in faith. Verse 15 here he actually states it negatively. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all good things have come upon you which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things till he's destroyed you from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. What Joshua's reminding them of there is this simple fact that God is faithful. God is faithful in blessing and God is faithful in cursing. God is faithful to forgive sin, and God is faithful to punish sin. He's faithful in mercy, and He's faithful in justice. In Malachi, we talked about the series we just finished last Sunday morning. We talked about how, how, how the, there's blessings and there's cursings in this covenant that God made with His people at Sinai. And in Malachi, they're experiencing the curses not because God has left them, but because they have left God. They've disobeyed Him. They've, they've done the very things that Joshua is warning his people not to do here in Joshua 23. 
And in Malachi, God has been faithful to carry out those curses that He promised would come. But the good news in Malachi, and the good news here in Joshua 23, is that God is not only faithful in cursing, He's faithful in blessing. He's a merciful God, and He's faithful in His mercy if they would simply turn to their God, if they would simply submit to their God, if they would simply obey their God. And in Malachi, that is what Malachi is pleading with the people, turn back to God. And here in Joshua 23, Joshua is pleading with the leaders, do not leave God, do not turn from God, stay faithful. For if you do, God will be faithful to punish you, just as He has been faithful to bless us. So do not be unfaithful. Verse 16, the consequences of that unfaithful, when you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, notice there, it's important to notice, who transgressed this covenant? It's not God who transgressed it. It's not God who has left His people. It is they who have abandoned God. If you come to that point where God is now against you, where the anger of God is burning towards you, it is not because God has been unfaithful. It's because you have. It's because you have left Him. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which He commanded you, and have gone and served other gods, bow down to them, and the anger of the Lord will burn against you. If you leave God, He will be just. He will be faithful, and His anger will burn against you. What a terrible thing to have the anger of the Lord God burning against you. The anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land which He has given you. Once again, He returns to that same warning. You will lose the good gift of your good and faithful God because of your unfaithfulness. Therefore, instead of going that route, let the faithfulness of God push you, motivate you to continue to be faithful. Be faithful, for your God is faithful. God's faithfulness motivates obedience. God's faithfulness motivates love. God's faithfulness motivates faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. This is the, the conclusion of this passage. The main thought in this passage is simply this. Remember God's faithfulness and allow it to move you to faithfulness. Be courageous enough to trust God and to faithfully submit to Him. And that's the question this morning. Do you trust God? Do you believe that He is faithful? And does your response to Him testify to that? Does your obedience of Him, your love for Him, your faithfulness to Him, does that testify to the fact that you trust this good, this faithful God? 
terms of application, there's two main points I would like to make. Simply this is the first. God is simply faithful. That's what it comes down to. That's all there is to it. God is simply faithful. Circumstances may change, but God never will. God is just as faithful to punish sin as He is to forgive sin. God is faithful in times of plenty, and He's faithful in times of need. And over Joshua's 110 years, He has seen both times of plenty and times of need. And here at the end of His life, He's testified, in all of those times, I have seen that God is faithful. And so we, as Altoona Regular Baptist Church in 2020, we must remember this simple fact that God is simply faithful. Even in a time like this, even in the midst of the coronavirus, God is simply faithful. In this time, I would encourage you, as Joshua is doing here in Joshua 23, use some of the extra time you have to look back, to rehearse the faithfulness, the goodness of your God. Finally, some other closing thoughts of application. What does it look like for us to be faithful in light of God's faithfulness? What does it look like? It's obvious what it looked like for the Israelites here in Joshua 23. It looked like being faithful to drive the people out of the land. It looked like keeping the law that God had given them. It looked like obedience. But what does obedience look like for us? It looks like making disciples. It looks like regardless of circumstances, as God has commanded us in Matthew 28 to continue to make disciples. It looks like continuing to love one another. As we see in John 13, 34-35, Romans 12, 10, 1 Peter 4, 8, 1 John 4, 7-10, continue to love one another. It looks like continuing to add to your faith, continuing to grow in Christ. Romans 12, 1-2. Galatians 5, 16-26. Ephesians 4, 17-5, 21. 2 Peter 1, 1-15. Continue growing. Don't allow circumstances to knock you off track. Regardless of circumstances, you continue to obey. You continue to grow in Christ. Secondly, love. What does it look like to respond in love? It looks like this, once again, that circumstances should not drive you from God, but drive you to God. My kids, when, 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 when a massive storm comes, when there's lightning, when there's thunder, they run to me. Because they, they love me, because they trust me. Because all the other times that they've run to me, nothing bad has happened to them. Because I love them. Because I care for them. And I have their best interest in mind. So we too must run to our God. He loves us. He cares for us. So we must respond in love. We must run to Him. We must be faithful to, to get to know our God. To, to dive into His Word. We must love Him because He first loved us. Secondly, or thirdly, finally, faithfulness. Rejoice in the Lord even in chaos. 
Because you're convinced that God is faithful. Be faithful to trust Him. Be faithful to call on Him. Be faithful to run to Him. Be faithful. Regardless of circumstances. Regardless of, of, of your fear of what would, what would hold you back. Be faithful to your God. Be faithful to Him, for He has been faithful to you. He's a faithful God, and there's no better place to run. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we praise you this morning, for you are a faithful God. And you have done great things for us. And as we look back on our lives, there's many testimonies of your faithfulness that we could look to. Give us faith this week to continue to go forward in faith. To be encouraged, to make disciples, to love one another, to pursue you day in and day out. May you be honored in all that we do in Jesus, and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.